from KQED. From KQED Public Radio, I'm Michael Krasny. Advanced copies of Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, began circulating yesterday. Among its revelations is that President Trump deliberately concealed the seriousness of the coronavirus pandemic from the public. We'll discuss Woodward's key findings with NPR's Ron Elving. And after NIH Chief Francis Collins took to Capitol Hill yesterday to reassure lawmakers that any future COVID-19 vaccine will be safe and effective, we'll get the latest on the quest for a vaccine. But first, we'll get an update on air quality and that eerie orange sky. How did you react when you saw the Bay Area sky yesterday? And what questions do you have about it? Call us now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786 or email forum at kqed.org. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Bay Area residents woke to ominous orange skies yesterday and this morning, brought on by multiple wildfires across Northern California. As a layer of heavy smoke all but blocked the sun and as ash covered sidewalks, cars and houses, many are raising concerns about the health effects of going outside. We're going to talk with a meteorologist and an air quality expert about how long the darkened skies will last and the status of the region's air quality. What questions do you have about wildfire and how it's affecting air quality? And when daylight will return, you can join us now toll free. Our number is 866-733-6786. That number again for your calls, 866-733-6786. And let me tell you who is joining us for this segment. We want to welcome Craig Clements, Professor of Meteorology and Director of the um, Wildfire Interdisciplinary Research Center at San Jose State University. Craig Clements, good to have you with us. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Also want to welcome Aaron Richardson for this segment, Public Information Officer at the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. Good morning, Aaron Richardson. Good morning. Glad to have you both aboard. And uh, before we start talking about all this in orange skies, I uh, just want to say it was pretty apocalyptic in many people's judgment. It looked like the sky, uh, well, one father told his kids they were on Mars, and uh, Andy Fracknoy, a famous uh, local astronomer, said it was very much like Venus, uh, grotesquely a uh, cloud allowing only reddish colors of sunlight to filter through. Um, but let's find out. One of our listeners is joining us right away before we talk to the experts. Nicole from Santa Cruz, good morning. Good morning, Michael. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I'm 26 years old. I'm an environmental management major, and I think that it's kind of a, an important reminder that we have this smoke, and I think it's it's the world we're living in that our educators warned us about. We're in it. And, uh, you know, if it takes an orange sky to get people to do the things we need to do in order to uh, fix the environment or at least get it a little bit uh, back from a tipping point, then, you know, I think we just need to acknowledge this orange sky and get our, our butts moving on, on making fixes. I think Barack Obama's tweet yesterday was extremely poignant. We are in the world our educators warned us about. Well, I thank you for that wisdom, Nicole. Good to hear from you and appreciate your call. And we'll go to other callers in the course of this segment. But I want to go to Craig Clements. Uh, Craig, can you sort of give us a working definition of why the sky turned orange? This phenomenon actually became a national story. A lot of it was just the angle of the sun, wasn't it? Yeah, it has to do with the, the size of the smoke particles. So what's called the light comes into the atmosphere and it scatters and generally on a clear day we call that Rayleigh scattering and that is the light 
scatters off the air molecules. Well, when we have smoke, we have larger particles and we have a different type of scattering called me scattering. And so that allows only the red wavelengths of the sunlight to, to pass through. And the smoke was very deep. It was in multiple layers throughout Northern California. And so we could see that it was very shallow at the surface, but very clean at the very surface. And then it was very dense aloft. And so with all of that, it just blocks that sun and creates those orange skies. And it has to do also with the winds though too, doesn't it? Coming from the North and the Northeast yesterday? Yeah, with so many fires burning in Northern California, all that smoke uh, basically converged over central California and the Bay Area. And some parts of the Bay Area were worse than others. So like San Francisco is quite dark. San Jose was very clean at the surface, but we had that orange layer above. So yeah, it's the, where the winds are actually moving that smoke around. And Aaron Richardson, uh, there was uh, nevertheless not that big of a spike in terms of the air uh, quality yesterday with the orange sky. There's a bigger spike today, I think, isn't there? Yeah, you know, that was kind of unusual. I mean, the air quality, you know, looked awful yesterday, but a lot of the smoke remained aloft uh, and was we were sort of protected by a little bit of a marine layer. Uh, Greg would probably be able to back me up, but uh, that, that kind of kept the smoke from mixing down through most of the day. So we actually, we had mostly moderate air quality throughout the Bay Area yesterday, but this morning it looks like that layer is mixing down and we're seeing unhealthy air quality in sort of the North Bay, the East Bay, and uh, uh, the red unhealthy even in San Francisco this morning. So it looks like there's unfortunately a little bit more of that smoke mixing down and affecting us at the surface today. There's in fact uh, pretty, well, <laughs> bad to moderate at best uh, air quality throughout the Bay Area today. A lot of this mixture again of fog and smoke. Uh, but talk a little bit, Aaron, if you could, about the distinction between uh, well, the ash that was falling from the sky, for example, yesterday, and less dangerous than the microscopic uh, kind of ash uh, that's more, far more perilous, really. Yeah, you know, the ash that falls out of the sky is that's that's ash that's sort of falling out of the air. So, you know, it's not still swirling around where it's breathable. And it's also so large that it's not as dangerous for you. It's it's really the fine particle pollution that you, you really can't see. It's about 1 30th the diameter of a human hair, smaller than a, a red blood cell that you can inhale deeply into the respiratory system, it can enter the bloodstream, and that's what really causes a lot of health concerns for us. So, uh, you know, the ash was kind of frightening and, you know, unpleasant, but it, it's really the stuff that's still floating around in the air that we need to be careful of. And let me bring a caller on. Uh, Rachel joins us from up in Woodacre. Rachel, welcome. You're on the air. Rachel, I hear a lot of wind, but I don't hear your voice. Are you there? Hi, Michael, can you hear me? Now I can, thank you, yes. You can, okay, great. Sorry, let me turn down the, uh, the heat. First of all, I live in Whitaker. I did self-evacuate for a week because the um, evacuation warning line was 10 miles from my house. This has been terrifying for all of us. What I did was I posted on Facebook photos and making a big pitch to any undecided voters to please put the climate before anything else, that we can deal with all the other issues. We'll fight and haggle our way forward, but if we don't have a planet, all bets are off. And then I also um, signed up for the Sierra Club, having a major, calling 250,000 people next week, a major uh, call-out challenge to turn out the vote. Well, you certainly got active, and I, I thank you for bringing that to our attention. In fact, it prompts me to ask you, uh, Craig Clements, about how long people are certainly getting environmentally 
awaken because of the dark skies. How long are we going to have these dark skies? You know? Well, according to some of the forecast models, it looks like it may clear out later today. And um, so the, the really dark, dark skies may clear out later today. But we have to be aware that we're still we have lots of fires burning. There's lots of smoke around. So it can come back. It may not be as severe, but there's still going to be a lot of particulates in the air. And as far as the air, uh, Aaron Richardson, again, uh, we're spare the air through to Friday now. Uh, I guess that uh, speaks for itself. Huh? Yeah, we uh, Friday will be the 25th day in a row that we've had a spare the air alert in effect. And that breaks our previous record by more than a week. We had 14 days in a row during the campfire in 2018, but we are on a, unfortunately, a new streak, a, a new record streak of, of bad air quality. And it's in effect through Friday. Our meteorologists will, you know, convene tomorrow and make a decision about whether to extend it through the weekend. But with all of these fires burning and all of this smoke, I think there's a good possibility that we may have to do that. And again, Aaron Richardson is public information officer at the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. Let me read some emails that are coming in. And I'd asked for responses and what you thought when you woke up the other day to an orange sky. Linda writes, I have insomnia, bad insomnia. So when I awoke at 11 a.m. yesterday and saw only a black sky peeping through the curtains, I thought, A, I've slept 24 hours, or B, I only just fell asleep and now I'll be awake all night. Sort of like uh, night of the midnight sun or something up in Alaska. Here's a tweet from Kimber who says, I'm wondering about health effects on pets. My dog has a heart murmur, but waits by the door for his walks. I feel awful about denying him, not to mention myself. Uh, I, I know, Aaron, you're not a physician or a pulmonary expert, but can you talk about those people who are particularly susceptible as public information officer? I'm sure you can give us some information on that when it comes to bad air. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, elderly people, uh, pregnant women, children, and anybody who has a pre-existing respiratory condition are really the most susceptible to, you know, the, the impacts of uh, this fine particle pollution we're experiencing. So. Uh, I would say anytime, you know, if you're unusually susceptible, it can even affect you in the moderate category. But otherwise, if anytime it gets into the sort of orange, unhealthy for sensitive groups category or above, it's a good idea for people like that to sort of stay indoors with the windows and, and, and doors closed as long as the temperatures allow. Uh, and, you know, just take take precautions, not, not go outside too much if, if you can help doing that. And listeners would be advised with their pets also to take care, uh, particularly about the, I mean, the pets can be harmed by bad air just like we can. Uh, let me bring another caller on here, uh, Manisik. Uh, do I have your name right? Uh, uh, Maniska, yep. Maniska, I'm sorry. Berkeley. Yeah, go ahead. That's I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm curious if, if uh, you have any advice on which, um, which air monitor we should be looking at. I know there's the LRAPA is adjusted more to wood smoke, and then the AQNU might be something more broad. And uh, so, yeah, if you have any thoughts. Yeah, thank you for the question, Aaron. Can you help here? Uh, well, you know, what we're really recommending is the EPA has, uh, Air, Air Now site has a fire and smoke map that um, it takes readings both from our fixed monitoring stations that are official, you know, uh, and then also from sort of the local low cost monitoring, like the purple air sensors. And there is an adjustment that's made. Those aren't calibrated as officially and accurately as the, you know, the, the larger equipment. But the, the fire and smoke map that we do have a link for on baaqmd.gov uh, is really a good resource for people because it takes this kind of real-time readings and you can sort of track throughout the course of the day what's happening in your community. And we've got seconds left here. Let me get Stefan on from Crockett. Stefan, please join us. 
Stefan, are you there? Hello. Can you hear me this morning? Yeah, please. Go ahead. Okay. I was wondering what we're looking at and experiencing. How does that compare to uh, China's everyday type pollution in their industrial cities? Also, hopefully we can get some wintertime controlled burning uh, here in Marin County and uh, Bay Area. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I don't know if anybody can shed some wisdom on comparisons to China. Um, Aaron Richardson, you want to take a shot at that? You know, obviously China sort of unfortunately is infamous for having bad air quality, uh, you know, but there were times, I think, during this wildfire event when our air quality has been the worst in the world. Um, uh, given that, we actually did have higher and worse peaks of bad air quality back in 2018 during the campfire uh, in certain regions, but we've definitely had this sort of long ongoing period. But, you know, usually during, uh, you know, an ordinary course of the year, China's air quality is going to be much worse than ours. But this this really does, unfortunately, this period put this into a bad, uh, you know, a, a bad run of, of, of bad air for all of us. It is a bad run, unfortunately, uh, and we'll continue to monitor it. Thank you. Aaron Richardson, thank you. Craig Clements, when we come back, we're going to talk with Ron Elving about all that's brewing from Washington, D.C. and beyond. Politics. Stay tuned. That's next. I'm Michael Krasny.